Hey, we are here, everyone. Thank you for joining me. We got New Hope Radio coming right up in a great series entitled Stories Jesus Told. And he tells some wonderful stories. And you know why? Because what he does, he takes natural illustrations that everybody understands and he adds a spiritual truth. And the stories that we're looking at in this series have to do with the kingdom of God. <laughs> That's the best topic, isn't it? The kingdom of God. You might know this one as the parable of the mustard seed. How, how is a mustard seed compared to the kingdom of God? Sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? Well, we're going to see how it is today. You know, I really believe that the Lord, He loved to talk about His Father's kingdom. I don't, and why not? <laughs> A big part of His mission was to call people to repentance. And uh, He did. Why? That they would become part of the kingdom. That was His mission, that was His plan. I'm going to get as many people into my Father's kingdom as I can. So we have another parable about the kingdom. Again, like I said, the mustard seed. I'm thinking, man, he's creative. How creative can you be? I mean, you can take a little tiny mustard seed and you can spin a divine truth from that? That's unbelievable. Well, it is believable because it's Jesus. So we're going to see how this whole thing works out today. But in order to understand the depth of the parable, let's go back and take a look at the mustard seed, not the one that we have today in the grocery store, but the one that Jesus talked about. The mustard was a large annual plant, and it grew really fast. And the seeds back in the first century were once thought to be the smallest in the plant world. So Jesus used the mustard seed in a parable to symbolize the rapid growth of the kingdom of God. And the seed is basically a simile for faith. Okay? So we're going to see, as Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, he talked about faith one time. If you have faith as a mustard seed, that means just a little bit. You can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible to you. So, the mustard plant of Palestine, it was very different from the mustard plant that we know in our own country. Very different, okay? Again, it's a tiny, tiny seed. It's not the smallest of any seed, but it is a very small seed. And that's why Jesus could often use it in comparison to other things. One man relates his own testimony of seeing this mustard tree in Palestine. You know what he said? He saw one and he said, I've seen this plant on the rich plains of Akkar, he said, it's as tall as a horse and his rider. With the help of my guide, I uprooted a veritable mustard tree, which was more than 12 feet high. So this parable, it's no exaggeration at all. Well, these trees, they grew quickly and they grew tall. And it had a tiny, tiny seed to start the whole thing off. Jesus is going to say, that's like my father's kingdom. 
It was common to see these mustard bushes or these trees surrounded by a cloud of birds because the birds loved the little seeds and they would come and feed on them and they would sit in the tree. So the parable of the mustard seed, it's about small beginnings and yet results in wonder growth. I want you to keep that in mind for your own spiritual life. Small beginnings, but wait till you see what God can do. So let's see what the Lord has to say about his Father's kingdom using the mustard seed. I'm going to read the parable, Matthew 13, verse 31. The kingdom of heaven is like a small mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. This is the smallest of all other seeds. Oh, but when it is full grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. I'll tell you what, man, a short little story like that, boom, loaded with divine truth. He said it's like the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? It's the realm of God. You see, we need these parables that the Lord told, or we never know that much about the kingdom of God. Jesus helps us to understand God's kingdom. There was a man involved with this seed. He's the guy that sowed the seed. So when, when Jesus said the man sowed the seed, he purposely planted a seed. This was no accident. He knew what he was doing. And it's important because the mustard bush could be found growing wildly. Sometimes they grew by chance. The wind would blow the seeds. But not like this. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, he's talking about something that is intentional. The man deliberately sowed the seed in his field. See, the Lord of, is he's ahead of his time. He's saying, listen, things did not evolve. It's deliberate. That if you want to get into the kingdom of God, it's deliberate. No one gets into God's kingdom by accident. It's intentional. So God has a plan. Matter of fact, you know that in Ecclesiastes 3, Solomon said, there's an appointed time for everything and a time for every event under heaven. What's he talking about? He's talking about things that are deliberate, intentional. There are certain times for certain things. So this man, one man, sowed one seed. That was it. In his field, in his garden. What's a garden? A piece of ground that was small and cared for. Maybe it represents, ooh, planet Earth. I got a little bird on my window. A little birdie. Maybe this maybe the garden represents planet Earth and let's see what the seed stands for. And maybe maybe the garden stands for somebody's heart. Hmm. Some people have no garden. They have no personal sphere of service. What is a garden? A garden is a place where a person can become busy, they can be productive, and they can have fruit of their labors that they share with others. I believe everybody should have something that they do which provides something for someone else, right? If not, life becomes boring, doesn't it? Maybe even selfish. 
All of you that serve in some way, you give of yourselves. You give of yourselves in your church, in the different offices in the church. Some of you volunteer for charitable organizations. Many of you, you just go and give of your time to help other people that need help. You're all employed in a useful service, which is for the benefit of others. You have a garden. That's what I would say. And it's a wonderful thing to do. Think of life with no gardens. Ugh, how dull. How without beauty the world would be if there were no gardens. Now, think of life without those people who give of themselves. Life would be no different. It'd be dull and without beauty. So, all of you that give of yourselves to something or someone else, you add beauty to the world. So this man, he deliberately sowed his seed in the garden. Why? Because he was looking for it to grow. If you don't sow the seed, it dies. He wanted his seed to grow. So I want you to see, remember Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. So what we see here is a busy God one that does not just live in the lap of luxury, but he's very useful, very productive. He owns the cattle, wow, on a thousand hills. And he doesn't live in inactivity. God keeps busy. He does, you know that. He works with something small, something that the world would even consider, hmm, insignificant. But that's okay. God knows how to do great things with only a little. And we're going to come back to that point later, that God can do great things with only a little. So notice what this man planted, one seed. Huh, that's what Jesus said. He said in Matthew 13, 31, the kingdom of heaven is like a, uh, is like a mustard seed, a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. One seed. You know, normally if you plant seeds in the ground, you put two or three, hoping at least one of them will grow, but not God. I know. He knows his one little seed will grow. That's confidence. You know, there's an old proverb, truth is mighty and will prevail. Now, that proverb is true in a sense, but it needs to be taken with a grain of salt, and I'll tell you why. If you put truth away and leave it alone, it won't prevail. It will not even contend. So what has truth prevailed? When brave men and women have, persistent, have persisted in declaring the truths. They were the people with daring spirits, and they took up a cause, which has been maybe at first unpopular, but they were so diligent, they pressed on. And in the end, truth triumphed. So truth must be, here it comes, proclaimed. And if it's not proclaimed, it's going to die. And you know what's happening in our country these days? Truth is not being proclaimed, and it's dying. And we have, oh, we have the citizens of our country, many of them, living in non-truth. 
We have to stand up for truth. You have to give truth a voice. You know, Jesus gave truth a voice, right? The Bible says in John 1.14 that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So His truth in heaven, and yet it took on human flesh, and it was proclaimed through Jesus Christ and changed the world. And so it is with this one seed. Left alone, it's not going to grow. But sown in a garden. Oh, watch the results. Perhaps the, the seed is the truth about the Savior. Maybe that's the seed. Maybe the earth is the garden and the seed is the truth of Christ. Hmm. Now, Jesus said that this little seed, yeah, it's smaller than all the other seeds. Tiny little seed. Insignificant, you would say. Oh, what did Isaiah say about Jesus? Chapter 53. That he grew up like a tender shoot, like a root out of parched ground. Oh, he has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him. No appearance that we should be attracted to him. Oh, he was despised, forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hid their face. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Oh, how many people call Jesus insignificant? They did it then, and they do it today. Oh, they do it today. He's irrelevant. He's insignificant. He doesn't matter. Well, we know the truth, don't we? See, that's why the truth needs to be sown in people's hearts. No, Jesus is relevant. He is the most significant person that ever lived. So, back to the parable. The man sowed one seed in the garden. It's smaller than all of the seeds, but when it is full grown, it's the biggest of the plants. Full-grown means matured. Now, I want you to think again. Is Jesus talking about himself? Oh. You know what Paul said in Philippians 2? That God highly exalted Christ and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Oh, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Everybody in heaven, everybody on the earth, everybody under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and God will be glorified. Wow. Could the seed be Jesus? He went into the ground and he came out and he was exalted among all other people. Now, in this parable, think of how common a scene this is, right? A man takes a mustard seed, plants it in the garden. That happens a lot. Very ordinary, without excitement. And yet, this is how the kingdom of God grows. Like any garden, the excitement is not in the planting. It's in the harvesting. You know, in the fall, when everything's grown, yeah, man, let's go get them. Let's go get that fruit. Let's go get that, those vegetables. It's through the ordinary, everyday issues of life right? Through your integrity, 
your honesty, your virtue, your trust, your personal witness. Very common, ordinary, everyday things that God uses to magnify himself. We don't have to do great things to glorify God. You know what we have to be? We have to live, we have to be ourselves. Just be ourselves in Christ. And what happens when we mature? Well, notice, this mustard seed grew into a tree larger than all the other garden plants. Think about it. Christ, small beginnings. Nazareth, ah, what do they say? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? They figured, nah. Jesus, no one would desire him. And yet God highly exalted him. The impact he made was greater than anyone else's impact in this world. Has medicine, economics, politics, science, anything done as much for the earth than the gospel, than Christ? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Those things are okay and we need them, but they don't compare with the growth of God's kingdom. They don't compare. Those things are all temporary. Oh, the kingdom of God? It's forever. It's going on forever. Paul said in Romans 1.16, and we all need to quote this verse, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And you know why? It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. That means the whole world. That the power of the gospel is that which brings salvation. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of that. Not at all. You like Charles Spurgeon, the old English preacher? He said, the gospel is not the enemy of any good thing. Rather, it is the force by which good things are to be carried out. So the gospel should be our prime purpose in life. I'm like, that makes sense, Mr. Spurgeon. That makes sense. If the gospel is the greatest thing, then why wouldn't I make that my prime purpose in my life? Why would I want to live for a lesser thing when I can live for a greater thing? Jesus himself said, listen, I came that you might have life and have it more, ooh, abundantly. He said, I didn't come just so you could live. I came so that you would have an abundant life. No philosopher ever transformed culture like the words of Jesus did. Because the words that he spoke, they were life. He said it. The words I speak, they are life to you. And just like there's life in the seed, right? That little mustard seed. There's life in the seed. Oh, there's life in the gospel. There's life in the things that Jesus said. He came to give us life. So what happened to the seed? It went in the ground, and it grew. And you know what else? It became a shelter. It grew up into a big tree, and it was a shelter. For what? The birds. The birds of the year came. And Jesus said they would nest in the branches. What does it mean to nest? Oh, you know what that means. They would find security. They would rest. They would relax. They would be protected. Oh, you know, the little nest, you know, 
Do you have a nest? Your home is your nest, right? The birds would come and they would nest in the branches. Now, no man can tell the end of his beginning, right? We all have a beginning, but we don't know the ending. No woman can either. So what do you do? Just keep on doing the good that you're doing in the little ways that you do it. That's all. That's all you have to do. Sowing the seed with each opportunity. Sowing the seed of the gospel. Sowing the seed of hope. With, with every opportunity that comes by. And one day you'll wonder at the great results of your life. Think about that. Just like that tree. And you go, wow, look at that tree. I can't believe it. And at the end of your life, it'll be, wow, great results. Small beginning to me, but great ending, great results. So whatever you do, right, do it well. Do it for the Lord. Do it generously and with love. And you can expect an abundant harvest. Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Small beginning, super growth, wonderful benefit. I like that. So you can take your life, small beginning. Who are we? We're fleas. That's all we are. We're little fleas. Small beginning. But we grow and we mature. And we offer a beautiful benefit to others. And the kingdom of God is growing. So in summary, what do we have here today? The seed belongs to God. Let's say God is the sower. God is the man who sowed the seed. And what was the seed? It was Jesus and his message. So God had this seed in heaven, his own son. And he did something with it. And he sent him to planet Earth. And it was a small beginning. Born a baby in Bethlehem. Laid in a manger. Insignificant. Unnoticed by the rest of the world. Some even tried to extinguish his life. And he grew up. And he matured. And the results of his life... Incomparable to anything else. Incomparable. Now, let's picture the disciples hearing this story. Their little band was so small, a dozen men. And the world was so big. They were so simple on a world that was so complex. They had nothing. And while the world offered everything, and isn't that the scene for us as well? We could feel small and insignificant in this big wide world. And we're just simple folks. And the world is so complex, moving so quickly. And we might think we have nothing to offer. The world offers everything. That's why people fall for it. The, the world appeals to the flesh. And we might think we have nothing to offer. But remember, we have a treasure in our earthen vessels. 
So you might have a small beginning, but you have something that everybody needs. You know what you have? You have the good news of Christ. So you ask yourself, what can one person do? How can, what can one person do to impact this big world? Well, what can one little mustard seed do? Hmm. What can one man called Jesus of Nazareth do? Hmm. What can 12 disciples that became apostles, including Paul, do? Looks like they did some pretty magnificent things, wouldn't you say? One person can make a big difference. A big difference. So like I said, small beginnings in the hands of God can result in a huge, huge outcome. Huge outcome. Think about that. We might be small in the eyes of the world, but our impact, our effect, can be very large. Why? Because you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got God inside of you. Therefore, like we said in the beginning, your faith could be like a little mustard seed. You can say to that mountain, move, mountain, and the mountain will move. Ask what you will, and it will be done. Now, that doesn't mean be greedy with what we ask. We're always asking according to the will of God. God's not going to grant something that's contrary to his will. So people get all wrapped up in that verse, you know, and false teachers will get people all confused and discouraged and depressed because they're not teaching it properly. Prayer is always according to the will of God. That's first and foremost. If it's outside of God's will, it's not going to happen. If it's along, the will, it's along the lines of God's will, he wants it to happen, you ask for it, and it'll happen. So there you go. Small beginnings, great outcome. That's the kingdom of heaven. It's growing. And you know why it's growing? Because of people like you. People of faith that are making their life count. That's why it's growing. Thanks for coming along today. Have you subscribed to our new YouTube channel? Come on now, don't miss out. Go to newhopecc.tv, click on the media button, click on radio, hit the little icon there, hit subscribe. You'll get a notification every time we're live on YouTube, which is every day. So uh, be part of the New Hope Nation. All right, thank you for coming along today. Pray for the program, support us if you can. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.